Merry Christmas. That was good. That was strong. It is our privilege and our pleasure and our deep joy to be gathered here in this place at this time in order to celebrate and to lift up and to honor and to glorify the birth of the Savior into the world. Whether you are congratulating yourself right now because you got here early enough to get a seat in the sanctuary itself, <laughs> or you're happy that you have a seat in the chapel or in the parlor, or whether you're saying to yourself, I'm so glad I'm sitting at home watching the live stream with my hot chocolate, <laughs> it makes no difference. We are all gathered as one family of faith to celebrate the birth of the Christ. So let's do that with joy, with gusto, and with a worshipful heart. Let's worship and praise.
may be seated. In the book of the prophet Isaiah, we read, For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. On this eve of Christmas, as we come finally to that day when the world wakens to the news of birth of the Savior of the nations, we light the Christ candle of the Advent wreath. We proclaim that Jesus, born in Bethlehem, is the Christ, and we sing in our hearts, Be near us, Lord Jesus. We ask you to stay close by us forever and love us, we pray. Bless all of your children with your tender care to fit us for heaven, to live with you now and forever. Come, let us worship God.
Reading from the Gospel of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. from the Gospel of Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her, 
to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus.
In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went to the, from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time for her to deliver her child came, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them.
in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so I may go also and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star, the one they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then they opened their treasure chests. They offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. As we prepare to bring our offerings, I think it's important to remember at this time that God has already provided every good thing for us. God has already provided and equipped us with everything that we could possibly need to live into our purpose and to serve him with great joy. When we give back a portion of all that God has given us and, and we come together and we pool our money, it's incredible to think about the most wonderful things that we can do together in the name of Christ. Tonight, we invite you to bring your offering forward and place them in the baskets in the front and give hopefully, give generously, give cheerfully.
Spirit. Friends, shall we take a moment to thank all the folks who have decorated the sanctuary and the campus, all the folks who were here yesterday and today to construct the Illuminatias, and all the folks who have shared the gift of music with us at this season. In a few minutes, we are all going to be participating in one of the favorite rituals of the Christmas season, and that is lighting candles. But so that we light the candles well, let me give you a little bit of instruction right now. When you are lighting a candle from someone else's candle, the person whose candle is lit that means the flame is burning, Juan, <laughs> holds their candle exactly perpendicular to the ground. The person whose candle is going to be lit holds their candle like this and takes the flame. If that process is reversed, the person whose candle is lit, being parallel to the ground, will begin to deposit copious amounts of wax, hot burning wax. Let's demonstrate. <laughs> Mine is lit, yours is not. What are you going to do? There we go. Bless you, my child. Will you agree with me that light is a big deal at Christmas time? Yes, it is. It's a big deal for lots of reasons. One of those reasons has to do with why it actually is that we celebrate the birth of the Messiah at this time of year. Many, many ancient cultures and societies would celebrate in the northern hemisphere the winter solstice. We now know around December 21st or 22nd, we have the shortest day of the year when there is the least amount of light shining upon the face of the earth. It was a celebration not of the darkness, but of the beginning of the return of the light. That's what the winter solstice is all about, and that's why Christians, frankly, chose this time of year to celebrate the birth of Christ. More about that later. There's more going on, of course, than celebrating the winter solstice. We celebrate the birth of Christ with all kinds of lights, is there anyone here who does not have at least one special light in your house to celebrate Christmas? All of us have lights, maybe on our Christmas trees. Some of us are wearing necklaces of lights. There was a guy who used to show up in church here every once in a while on Christmas Eve, and he had lights all strung through his beard. <laughs> a lot of you know who I'm talking about. I don't see him here today. 
I should have invited him to come so he could be an illustration for my sermon. Oh, well, there we are. We have some special lights outside. Many of you noticed them perhaps as you came in. I hope all of you take notice of them as you leave the sanctuary this evening. They are the lights that are called luminarias. Luminarias go back to an old, old Latin American tradition that now is celebrated in parts of the Southwest, especially in my native New Mexico. In those traditions, in those cultures, the birth of Christ would be celebrated by having a procession called the Las Posadas, looking for lodging. Joseph and Mary would march down a long road or wind through town at night, followed by the townspeople looking for a place in which Mary could give birth to the Christ child. Along the way, the people would build small fires in order to light the way of the Holy Family. They were called farolitos. In some parts of New Mexico, still they build farolitos by the side of the road. But over time, the tradition morphed and people began to take small paper bags, fill them with sand and place a candle inside and place maybe a few dozen or maybe tens of thousands around the churches and the homes and along the streets. We have that tradition here of the luminaria, a special light that is there not just because of its beauty, but because it means that we are lighting the way for the Holy Family to find a home, at least temporarily, in order to have the birth of the Christ child. Perhaps the most important lights at Christmas time are these five candles here of the Advent wreath. We have lit them one by one over the last four Sundays, looking forward with hope and peace and joy and love to the celebration of the birth of Christ. And as we have lit the Christ candle, the white candle in the center, we have noted that the light of Christ has come into the world. Light is a big deal at Christmas, not just because it's beautiful, but it's a big deal because light itself is a big deal. And it's a big deal not just because we need it to live, but because of what it means to us spiritually, psychologically, theologically. As with many things in the world, we have to look at the opposite of something in order to understand what that thing itself is about. And I would propose to you that light is a big deal in our world because dark is a big deal as well. Think about what darkness means. In simple physical terms, when it's dark, you cannot see. That was profound, in case you didn't know. <laughs> when it's dark, you cannot see in order to manage your life or to deal with the objects around you. In darkness, you might stumble or fall. You might go the wrong place. We must have light in order to live. 
But of course, it's so much deeper than that. The dark is a metaphor, an image for other things in our lives, more important things perhaps. Darkness signifies for us that which is wrong, that which is dysfunctional, angry, sad, lost, painful, sinful. Every single person in this room knows what it is to experience darkness. The darkness of fear, the darkness of hatred, the darkness of self-doubt. There is another darkness that perhaps is the universal darkness that we don't like to think about. It is that darkness that happens as we close our eyes to the light for the last time and we enter into the darkness of the grave. That's what darkness is. And because darkness is such a big deal, light is a big deal. Many societies and cultures and philosophies and religions look at the existence of human beings in the world and see it as a, as a great battle between the light and the dark. It's a battle that goes on, a struggle between good and evil, a struggle between love and hatred, a struggle between light and dark, and, and not everyone is certain who wins, but we are. We are because we celebrate the light of God that came into the world. Do you remember those ancient words of the prophet Isaiah who said that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light? Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Isaiah lived in a time of deep darkness in the land, but he foresaw that one day God would bring a light that would never go out. Around 800 years later, a handful of Isaiah's descendants had met someone whom they believed was the light of God come into the world. And so the apostle John, reflecting on the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, said that what has come into being in Jesus was life, and the life was the light of all peoples. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. We believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ of God. He comes when he chooses. He shows us the way to live. He commands our obedience so that we will live successfully. He is the light, not only in our darkness, but the darkness of the world. He is the light who reveals and confronts the darkness that's in us, the darkness of sin. He is the light who forgives and heals that darkness that is in us through his death on the cross and through his offer of undying love. 
He is the light who invites us to live in the light right now by following Him into a heavenly life now that one day will end with the defeat of the final darkness that He accomplished in resurrection from the grave as we go through the darkness of death and into the eternal light of God's presence. Lights at Christmas time are important, so much so that even the preacher has a few lights around his house. We have several strings of red lights that circle the palm trees. We have two new angels this year that are full of light. One of them is named Wanda, the other is named Sally. Someday I will explain the theological significance of that, but we don't have time. We have a star that is high up in the sky, but the most important light that we have to decorate our home on the outside is what I consider to be the quintessential Christmas decoration. It is the nativity scene. It is a Joseph and a Mary and a baby Jesus lying in the manger. They are beautiful, colorful decorations that during the daytime show up beautifully so you can see them. They're not like those inflatable things that are flat on the ground during the day and they look like you left the trash lying there. Our Joseph and Mary and Jesus are lit up from the inside, and at night they glow with the message of Christmas to everybody who drives by to their houses that are decorated with the Grinch <laughs> and Frosty and all kinds of other things that you find somewhere, I guess, in the Bible. I don't know. We have a problem this year. Somehow or other over the years, the Holy Family seems to have worn out, and this year they keep blowing a fuse. I've isolated it. It's not all the other lights. It's the light somewhere, maybe in Mary, maybe in Joseph, maybe even, God forbid, I'm afraid to say it, maybe even in Jesus himself. Can you imagine the horror, the embarrassment, the, the, the shame that at the minister's house, <laughs> Jesus doesn't light up? <laughs> Don't let that be the story of your life. Don't extinguish the light of Christ in your heart. Allow the light of Christ to come into your soul, to dispel the darkness of your fear, of your confusion, of your self-pride, of your self-hatred. Allow the light of Jesus to lead you right now and every day in this life and in the life to come 
into the holy light of a living and loving God. Pray with me. Lord God, we thank you that in your grace and in your mercy, in your love and in your power, you have given us a light that never goes out, the light of your Son, the light of your love, the light of your truth. May it so enlighten us that we will help to light up the whole world with your love for Jesus' sake. Amen. Friends, let us hear one final scripture passage, this one from the gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Amen.
May the light of Christ fill your heart, your mind, your soul, your very life. And may you share that light with those who still are in the dark about who he is so that one day the world will know only the light of God's love. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a great night. <laughs>